Hey everybody, welcome to the Bacash Podcast. My name is Don. My name is Scott. And this is our first time really trying to put something together since the infamous COVID Corona 19, but yet in the year 20. Uh, <laughs> uh, viruses happen. Have we recorded? Yeah, we've recorded before. Before, it was like right before. And then yeah. the zombie apocalypse hit, and we haven't met since. So, um, we're, I mean, we're still trying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we had like a Zoom video game hangout, but that was about as far as we got with... With anything together, mm-hmm. I guess. And if you're asking if we're six feet apart from each other, I didn't measure. So uh, I guess I'm not admitting to anything. Yeah. we're. But before you lose your mind, we're being responsible. I have a little shield in front of me. <laughs> I don't think it has to do with that, but... Um, we're actually at the end of um, our state's uh, harshest guidelines, and a lot of stuff is kind of being lifted and put back to the quote-unquote new normal, which is a phrase I never want to use again. No. Um, so we're uh, we're we're hopeful that this is eradicated and we don't have to worry about this anymore. And by the time this podcast posts, that everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot we were quarantined." <laughs> so that's our hope. So Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. Anyway, so, so now do we have to like get like copyrighted now that you sang a song? Oh, I don't, that, oh I'll edit it. No, I won't. Okay, no. We'll just, you know what? We're so big that somebody will copyright strike. We're not so big. No, no. Um, so yeah. And by the way, I do want to thank, I know that by the time this comes out, um, our listeners, we have uh, had a small uptick uh, in our listeners However, I do understand most podcasts have actually had a drastic downturn. Really? Um, people aren't driving to work. Oh. People aren't doing their normal routines. So they, <clears throat> a lot of podcasts have seen a fall in their subscriptions and their listens, um, where it's kind of the opposite for us. So thank you guys for sticking with us. And I hope it's because you're like, man, I really need to, to get closer with Christ and study the word during this time because I don't know what's up. Not because they're bored with nothing else to do. I mean, that's fine too, but I really, I really, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with either. Uh, hopefully that we're being used as a ministry to people. So Right. And thanks for listening uh, yeah. again. Um, uh, we, we enjoy it and we hope that other people, again, can grow a desire and a zeal for scripture um, and just really get into the Old Testament. So, Indeed. Yeah. I feel like, you know, this is like our banter time, but reality, we just bantered for the past all right, do I want to know? Hour and oh a half. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh. um, so I think we wasted all of our banter previous because it's been literally at least well, we have mu- two months maybe since yeah, we've like been... recorded or hung out or other thing other than like a Zoom chat. It's been, it's been almost two months. So Well, since we did the... It's only been a few weeks since we've done our Zooms Zoom, and right. stuff like that. But the, uh, any podcasting in person. You're the first person outside of my family <laughs> that I think I've seen. We, like, even at, even at work, like, our office hours are, like, somebody like, I'm going in, I'll water the plants, don't anybody else come. <laughs> See, the extrovert in me is very different, where I go shopping all the time. Sarah's like, I was like, oh, we got to go shopping again. Sarah's like, no, we don't. No, we do. And Sarah's <laughs> like, okay, just don't buy cheese. Why? Because you buy cheese every time you go. <laughs> it's my excuse. No, I did. I had to go to um, our dishwasher bit the dust. Uh, but um, I I know. Uh, 
our dishwasher's been running nonstop because like I can't catch up on the dishes. Oh no, ours died on Mother's Day. Oh, are you serious? And my wife was like, any day but today. <laughs> so I've done some Lowe's trips and stuff like that to try and do like home repairs or whatever. And like, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I know there's people around, but it's like, they're, it, it, it depends if like you're wearing a mask and they're not, mm-hmm. they won't make eye contact and right. vice versa. <laughs> but then like, it's not like the mask people are like thumbs up in her head nodding. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I see you. I see you. You know, it's like everyone's kind of in this like, don't judge me, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So whatever. Yeah, our TV broke. A 15, what, 14 years? Is that the one that broke? No, no, that's the... So that was one I brought home from school. Here in Bacash Studios, we have a TV. <laughs> yeah, so we have video game club at school. So I bought a TV for video game club. So our TV upstairs in our room broke. Um, and so I moved the TV that was downstairs upstairs, and then this one is smaller, so I can still like ride my bike and video uh, games. So, um, so we just moved that upstairs. But on Mother's Day, we lost our our TV of probably fourteen years or so. Like, what, what's going on Mother's Day? It's like I have no clue. Um, arts and crafts aren't enough this year. TVs and dishwasher. <laughs> I did joke with my wife. I was like, I know this is horrible, but Happy Mother's Day. We're gonna get it. Di- oh, here's the other part. We so we bought the dishwasher but it's going to take nine days to get to us it, now they had some like in stock at the store but it was like either like a thousand dollar okay i'll be clear we spent with taxes and the hallway of the old one like 450 bucks i think 450 or something like that um so in stock it was either a thousand dollars or two hundred dollars and Whoa. we, before everything hit the fan, we were hoping to like get our house ready for sale and all mm-hmm. that. So I don't want somebody coming through like, oh, what a nice kitchen and a $200 craptastic uh, dishwasher. But I'm also not buying a $1,000 dishwasher for somebody else to enjoy. <clears throat> also, I can't afford a $1,000 dishwasher right now. So that's kind of where we were. We, we had put down a bid on a house last week and they had a $10,000 stove in there. It was like, Woo. okay, that was a little bit extravagant. Um, Indian Hill, brother? Like what? No, no. <laughs> Pleasant Ridge. <laughs> um, Hill. I mean, it was a nice house just in the area. And, and I think they were trying to get that $10,000 back as like, who needs a $10,000 stove? That's a, yeah, we even looked at, um, we, we almost got a stainless steel front on it. Um, and if you know, man, we're no banter. We don't have time for banter. Um, <laughs> Didn't say no time. St- I thought we were out of it. Like all of our appliances are black. And we were like, oh, let's get a stainless steel. And then like we stopped, like, hold on a minute. Somebody would come in our house and be like, oh, the fridge and stove don't match the dishwasher. So mm-hmm. we ended up getting a black front one. And I will say the stainless steel, if you have a black or white dishwasher, everything shows on it. And mm. when you clean it, you see the smears behind. If you have stainless steel and you clean it, it doesn't leave smears. Okay. So we we have a plethora of children and we were hoping to get the stainless steel so it wouldn't always look like our dishwasher was like, you know, covered in kid prints and whatever else. And we we're like, oh, dang. We, <laughs> we, we had to teach our daughters to not be critical because we'd go into houses and we'd be critical. <laughs> I mean, because you're looking to buy a house. So like when you put a lot of money down, Mom, you want to make house sure. this like dog pee. <laughs> Seriously? Well, then they started criticizing everything. They're like, now, daddy, if you wouldn't, okay, we're done this. We're, we're going to fix this. And we're like, okay, 
We are looking to buying something expensive. You don't be critical of everything that goes out. So we really had to do some explaining because like all of a sudden, like everything we did was critical. And then every house and every is like, all right, we got to. That's a hard thing to teach. Since the whole pandemic stuff happened and we couldn't, we did take advantage of a refi though. Mm hmm. 2.89. Wow. (laughs) And the the, uh, credit union we're going through said that's the floor. Even if the interest rate gets cut again or goes lower, they won't go lower. Wow. That is awesome. Yes. So... Yeah, we're, we're unfortunately like a lot of people aren't putting their houses on the market because they don't want people walking through with COVID nineteen. Right. Um, oh, that so the appraisal for our uh, our refi, uh-huh. we're supposed to take pictures and send them to them. <laughs> <laughs> they won't even come in to do the appraisal. I'm like, so we can like just clean the area <laughs> and then have a picture taken. Just remember, my wife knows Photoshop. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That gold chandelier you have hanging? Yes. <laughs> we would like to do an appraisal. Oh, there are no piles of clothes here anymore. <laughs> thanks to the clone stamp. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, so that's, um, yeah, it's, all right, we're nine so minutes in. So I guess in. we did have, all right. <laughs> so oh, we suck. either sorry <laughs> we or you're, <laughs> either you're sorry, we're sorry or you're welcome. So um, you choose. Both. So anyway, we're on chapter nine of Hosea. We never um, discussed how far we would read. Yeah. So do we really ever? No, well, yeah. Sometimes. So we're in chapter nine. Um, it's been about two months since we've um, <laughs> come to you with Hosea. However, the common theme within Hosea still remains the same. Um, God wants t- uh a relationship with uh, Israel being his people. Um, his bride very much continues to look to um, Baal for, or Baal for, um, um, for being thankful for everything that they have and the provisions and, and the fertility and, and all of those things. And God is not getting credit. Um, with that, uh, judgment has been called upon Israel many times, um, and God's compassion and steadfast love still continues to hold true with Israel. Um, and we're going to see this common theme really played out through the rest of Hosea and actually even into the other minor prophets as, as we move forward into the Old Testament. So that's kind of where we're at today. Um, entering chapter 9, uh, we're going to have a little bit of um, go back into Old Testament, some more Old Testament in chapter 9. Chapter 10, we go New Testament. Um, and we should be finishing Hosea in a couple weeks, actually, right? How many chapters we got there? I think it's 14 total, right? <clears throat> I think so. And we're on nine, so yeah. yeah. So, um, one word of, not warning, warning, but we will be using the W word. Um, and the H, W-H. W-H. O. And then there's an R and an E at the end. Yes. Um, so if you have kids in the room and you're afraid, like, we're not censoring, so you'll have to, you know, usher them out. But you know what? It's as good a time as any to teach your kid uh, the Old Testament language. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. How far are you going to read? Um, so <laughs> let's say one through four to start out. Yeah, uh, that sounds good. One word of commentarying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interest, th- this uh, section here is filled with some interesting language. The big thing is that um, the terms for Israel have turned from feminine to masculine. Really? Yeah. So when the like nobody's quite clear what that means, but the whore and the prostitute 
words here are uh, connotating that it's speaking of a man as opposed to a woman. Okay. So just throw in the back of your head somewhere, and if you find a commentator that tells you why, awesome. Mine basically said it makes it read weird in the Hebrew, and that was about it. So it makes it weird to read in the Hebrew because it's going back and forth between genders. Got it. Okay. Which we've talked about from the beginning. Hosea is a difficult book actually, Mm -hmm. because there are lots of pieces that are missing. There are things that are scattered there. There's so Hosea is one of those, those books in the Bible. Actually, I think I read somewhere that is probably one of the most difficult um, when it comes to all of the pieces that they've brought together, just historically what Mm -hmm. they've been able to compile with, with, everything that has gone on from the time of Hosea to Hosea to the time of now. Um, I I do think it's interesting because we had that in the beginning of the book. Now that I'm remembering, uh, we talked a bit about uh, how a lot of people like to say that his wife is the permanent metaphor for the entire book. mm -hmm. And we said, that's not quite true. And then like how that can, how it could lend somebody to fall into the belief that it's okay to have an abusive relationship if you continue to use that imagery. Mm-hmm. This would definitely show that while the imagery was there for a little bit and while there were some pointers, right. it's not consistent through the book. Right. Because obviously his wife was not a male. Right. Gomer was a girl. Yes. A woman. So that, you know, I guess that can lend some, uh, whatever you call it, credibility to that interpretation Mm -hmm. so all right one through four all right one through four one through four this difficult book so we're reading out of the esv um and chapter nine verse one through four rejoice not o israel exalt not like the peoples for you have played the horror forsaking your god you have loved a prostitute's wages on all threshing floors Threshing floor and wine vat shall not feed them, and the new wine shall fail them. They shall not remain in the land of the Lord, but Ephraim shall return to Egypt, and they shall eat unclean food in Assyria. They shall not pour drink offerings of wine to the Lord, and their sacrifices shall not please him. It shall be like mourners' bread to them. All who eat of it shall be defiled, for their bread shall be for their hunger only. It shall not come to the house of the Lord. Still positive yes um well um i have that in nine one peoples is referring to the heathen baal worship practices that they are participating in um so exalt not like the peoples they are referring to um israel not being like these um these baal worshipers so yeah funny is that the most i had in the first few verses was about it being a um the male uh, words here to describe Israel. So I didn't okay. have much more than that. But yeah, I mean, exalt not like the peoples, for you have played the whore forsaking your God. I mean, that that's almost the theme of Israel's idolatry, mm-hmm. is stop doing this, stop being like those around you. For You know, you've forsaken truth for the lie. You've exchanged what's real for what's fake. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, and speaking commentaries, um, just while we're on it, um, I'm continuing to use um, a some of the things that I got is from the IVP um, new or the IVP um, New Testament or Old Testament commentary. Um, also, I'm using 
Um, I'm trying to quickly open up my commentary um, on my Kindle, and my phone is slowly, slowly, slower than normal, opening up. So while it's doing that, oh, here we go. Um, While it's still running slow. So I use the Understanding the Commentary um, Minor Prophets 1, written by Elizabeth Acttimer. Um, so those are the kind of the two commentaries I used during this study. And mine is the Expositor's Bible Commentary, uh, uh, Volume 8, and Hosea is by M. Daniel Carroll R. Rodis. So, so we are not necessarily the smart people that are, are, are where we're talking. A lot of what we learn comes from... Smarter um, people. Yeah, smarter people, and then either what we kind of gather from all of those sources and then we share with you sometimes we quote directly um so it's kind of a combo of both yeah um from the ivp though i did get a little bit about a threshing floor um so basically this was an essential installment that farming um, areas in israel would use the threshing floor um, harvested grain was brought here um, for processing and distribution. It would have been a likely site for public gatherings and, and festivals, especially when celebrating the harvest. Um, however, at the same time, um, this would be a place for them to, to rejoice over um, their, their harvest. And God is ultimately saying, well, that was a thing for a while, but not anymore. Um, you're no longer going to be celebrating here at the threshing floor. A lot of times prostitutes, um, both cult and common prostitutes, normal prostitutes, I don't know what you call them, would come and gather here also. I mean, if it was a place to, to for celebrations to, to happen, apparently it's a great place to pick up a prostitute. Um, so, the, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Um, so, so with that, um, that's kind of the picture of this threshing floor that we're getting is this would have been a place of celebration and rejoicing as they rejoice over the harvest most likely, but it would also be a place where Baal worship, um, would, would happen through the celebration, sometimes through those cult prostitutes. Um, and God's people were playing a role within that, um, and so you have loved a prostitutes waging on the threshing floor. Threshing floor uh, and wine vat shall not feed them, and the new wine shall shall fail them. Um, so it's not going to be a place of continued um, rejoicing because that that will not be much of a thing anymore. As God is kind of bringing His judgment upon how they are celebrating. Yeah, and if you kind of even go just that little one inch below the surface of that as well. Um, the promises were uh, to provide for and also to rejoice. So when they're going into the promised land, and we've got a whole podcast series on Deuteronomy, if you'll scroll back through, Mm -hmm. um, you'll see some of where we talk about that. Uh, This is basically, uh, we're seeing the cycle of revoking of these promises of what God promised them if they promised to be his people to obey his statutes for all eternity. So the threshing floor uh, and wine vat shall not feed them. So no more are these things going to nourish them or provide for them. He's taking them away. So he's taking away their uh, sustenance that he had promised them, the blessings prior to them screwing it all up. And if you go down to three, he says, they shall not remain in the land of the Lord, but Ephraim, which is a term of endearment for Israel, shall return to Egypt. So not only is he uh, 
revoking those blessings. He's actually taking them out of the land completely. And this is metaphorically looking at uh, where they're going to end up. They're going to be back into the bondage from which he rescued them. So it just kind of draws this nice circle like, hey, I brought you in here. I gave you grain to feed you. You had wine to celebrate. Um, But those are no longer going to provide for you. It's going to fail you. You're not going to get anything out of it anymore. I'm taking it back. And on top of that, I'm taking the whole land back. So this is the equivalent of you walking into your kid's room and saying, I told you not to play video games, so I'm taking the video games back. On top of that, you're not even going to stay in this room anymore. Now you're sleeping on the couch. Kind of, well, no, now you're sleeping in the van. <laughs> you know, outside. Right. Like, he's, he's taking them completely out of the blessing that he put them into. And, and remember that Syria, Syria at this time is, is really taking over, the, the, taking over this area. Um, and so there's, there is a real threat of Assyria. And he is not offering protection here from Syrians. In fact, very much the opposite. Mm-hmm. And they shall eat unclean food in Assyria. So he's basically talking about how Assyria is going to go in. Specifically, we're talking uh, Northern Kingdom at this point. Um, but Southern Kingdom, I don't think necessarily is. But anyway, Northern Kingdom at least is going to be taken over by Assyria. Um, and they will be dragged out. Am I correct in that? Yeah, so the the northern kingdom kind of gets it handed to him first, but yeah, we do, we do know that Assyria eventually topples the southern as well. Mm-hmm. And I uh, think even during the time of Hosea, or very close to the writing of it, I'd have to see. But you're probably right. <laughs> I think we talked about in episode one, but that's been multiple months. So go months. back and listen to episode. <laughs> one. Um, did you read four? I did read four. Yes. Okay, four ties into the end of three. There, they shall eat unclean food in Assyria. And it says, and their sacrifices shall not please him, kind of down. So they shall not pour drink offerings of wine to the Lord, and their sacrifices shall not please him. That actually ties in with that. They shall eat unclean foods. Not only are they going to have the foods that were on the prohibited list, that's going to make them unclean, which is going to make their sacrifices null. Hmm. So what good is it going to do if you're going to continue to do that? Right. Like Like you can practice all you want, but you're not fit is the the uh, my words escape me i've been in quarantine too long well when we get into deuteronomy <laughs> we talk about how actually the sacrifices and the festival foods actually were something they were supposed to rejoice in fact it was a command from god to rejoice um, when we're talking about the bread of mourners we're actually this no longer becomes a rejoicing but very much the opposite um, basically, if you go back to Numbers 19, um, you're going to talk about how basically if, if you have contact with the dead, you're considered unclean for seven days, um, and then you're ritually uh, unpure or impure. Um, during that time, you are still allowed to eat, um, but you you're f- unpure. Sorry. Impure, impure, unpure. <laughs> impure. impure. I'm just laughing. Um, That's a Ralph Wiggum right there. <laughs> Me fail English. I've been in quarantine That's too. That's impossible. <laughs> Um, Great, now i got to pay Disney and the Simpsons royalties yeah, you do. <laughs> for my yeah. bad impersonation of Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that means as an extension, if the family is contaminated, so is their food, so it cannot be a... Um, it cannot be something that they sacrifice. So that means that there is no rejoicing with the food that they're eating either. So it is kind of a big deal to be able to say that. Um, ultimately, these four verses come down to, okay, um, no more Baal worship for you. Now what you're going to do? Who really is the one that is providing? Um, you're giving fertility and credit to Baal, but who is really providing 
your what you need. And what happens when I take that away and spread you out and <clears throat> you try to come back to me and I'm like, no, no, you're not in the right state. Right, right. Yeah. So still continued warning. Please don't be like them yet. You are. And so I'm going to show you who the real God is and who is not the providing. Yeah. All right. You want to go on? Else? Sure. Yeah. No, that's all I got for the first um, part. So maybe five through six? Is kind yeah, of go ahead start. yeah, they're kind of broken into the... Uh, there was an argument for a chiastic structure, but I couldn't understand it very well. For the whole chapter. Okay. But I noticed that the interpreters have broken them into, into nice little groupings. So Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like at least I've got little groupings. Yeah, it might have it might have been a great chiastic structure before it was mutilated on the trip to the shores of Babylon. Right. <laughs> Either way, he doesn't understand the chiastic, chiastic structure. Right. And I don't either. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, was, I was like, and? <laughs> Just going um, to roast me, huh? Okay. That's what it's for, right? No. Yeah, that's why we do this. What will you do on the... Oh, sorry. So chapter 9, verse 5 through 6. What will you do on the day of the appointed festival and on the day of the feast of the Lord? For behold, they are going away from destruction, but <clears throat> Egypt shall gather them, Memphis shall bury them, nettles shall possess their precious things of silver, thorns shall be in their tents. Memphis, baby. <laughs> Yep, not quite the Memphis he's talking about. Um, uh, uh, whatever, it was a famous city in Egypt, and it was famous for its large cemeteries. That's what I got also. <laughs> it's like, so why did we name Memphis, Tennessee? I don't live there, so I'm good. <laughs> I actually did a... I did a um, but wait, isn't that country music? That explains a uh, lot. No, that's Nashville. Oh, shoot. But maybe Memphis is close. I actually did a Google search. I was like... Uh, cemeteries in Memphis, and there's nothing like extravagant. So I don't know. I, I should have maybe gone another. Maybe I should have read Wikipedia to find out why. Like, it, it's like, man, we got to bury these people somewhere. <laughs> put them in Memphis. You know, like I don't know. Like why do right. we do that? But if you look at what kind of what they're saying, they're almost saying, well, you're leaving death to go find death. So you're going to go to Egypt to be buried and die in Egypt. Biblically, sure, but like Memphis, I mean, I've driven through it. It didn't look too bad. No, traffic sucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I didn't. That's where we got off to eat on the way home. Because uh, uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm not driving through that. We'll wait for trash rush hour to be over. Makes sense. Because rush hour is like death. Yeah. burial ground. Perfect. Do you know once people start driving on the freeways again, like no one's going to know how to drive in rush hour. I'm working from home another month. <laughs> <laughs> Not for COVID-19. Why, why y'all figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> Learning how to redrive rush hour, which they didn't know how to do in the first place. Yeah. Sorry, a tangent. The, so Memphis. Yeah, we're the new normal. <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> Famous burial grounds. I hate myself um, for that joke. They're going to die. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then um, I tried to find out as much as I could about nettles, but I couldn't. And it probably didn't help that my... Uh, phone kept trying to read autocorrect it to other spellings but right. i couldn't find much uh the most i got out of the commentary was um nettles shall possess their precious things of silver thorns shall be their tents as it really speaks to the loss of uh comfort security and uh precious possessions um and the language here uh speaks to it being not willingly but by force so it sounds aggressive, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't find out a cool factoid about nettles like I could about Memphis. See, unfortunately, I didn't either. Um, so if you know about nettles, email at us. Yeah, because we're curious. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I got Briars have taken over their silver silver idols. Um, Thorns have taken over their tents. The temps are empty and windblown from those um, that would have traveled during the festivals. Um, Some Israelites are trying to escape Assyrian destruction, and they're going to escape to Egypt, and yet they end up in Memphis where they're going to die and be buried in a big burial ground. That's what I got. So you might think that you're... um, This kind of speaks a lot to the way we often treat our sin. Hmm. You might be thinking that you're retreating from sin by hiding it or by running to a different sin, but really you're just running from death to death. So you might be thinking like, hey, well, I've, you know, I've stopped abusing drugs and said I'm just abusing my kids. You know, like you're you're not going to a better situation. And mm-hmm. here we kind of see the same thing. You're not, you're you're leaving destruction from Assyria, but you're running into the arms of Egypt. So you're running out of the destruction of one sin and into the arms of another sin. Right. So yeah, you're not going anywhere great. Well, I mean, even if we go back to the previous verses, one through four, I mean, you still have a similar scenario. So although we're not giving credit to Baal, we are giving credit to lots of other things as to the food that we have. So our, our celebrations, in all honesty, ooh, and I'm just talking, thinking out loud at this point. Um, not, I don't disclaimer. have this in my notes. <laughs> Um, but when you think about Christmas and you think about Easter and you think about all of these things that we've created it to be, those festivals are no longer godly focused and centered for many people. Um, and, right. and in a sense have been mixed with a, a sort of Baal worship or, um, Canaanite Christianity worship or, or worship that is not focused on God. And so both of those holidays are very much over the provision of what God has offered, um, the fertility, the salvation, the the amazing gift that we get um, through the birth of Christ and through his death and resurrection. Well, now you get an Easter basket or you get a, a new toy or you get a whatever. And so who is it that you're giving credit to well an easter bunny or to santa claus and the reality of it is is we've got a god who provides all things and yet we still go to other idols and you may say okay why well, don't celebrate christmas well great and and i guess i'm assuming most people that that listen to this probably do but but at the same time even if you're like well we don't go that direction well do you say that your own money and your own job has provided for the needs of your home so when you think about it i mean we still do have idols that give credit to other things other than god when it or comes to fertility to idols. Yeah, we give yeah. credit. The idols ain't giving credit. No, no. <laughs> so we give credit to idols or other things other than God, and yet God is still that provision for all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking of the things that people, quote unquote, lost in the spring of 2020 when they complained about Easter. Uh, people were very upset about they couldn't go to their churches on Easter because of their lockdowns. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't there. I would say in many cases, there were people that were lamenting not being able to worship God in a corporate setting. I'm not going to deny that there were not true feelings there. But I think some people were actually mourning their idol of freedom being taken from them. Mm. Or they're mourning their idol of Easter egg hunt. Oh, our kids can't even go do an Easter egg hunt? Well, well Jesus didn't die on the cross and lay a bunch of eggs, you know, kind of right. thing. So, like, people are lamenting the loss of the Easter bunny or their social 
gatherings or whatever, it wasn't really truly the loss of being able to celebrate the risen Lord together. It, yeah. it was definitely a different, uh, man, it really kind of put into perspective, I think, what people were yeah. missing, quote unquote. So we're not too far out from reality. We just don't call it bail. Right. We call, well, sometimes we don't call it anything. Um, we, we say that Old Testament Hosea is Old Testament Hosea. But really, a lot of actually, what I've noticed, even just with reading some of Paul and some of uh, Matthew and and um, the Gospels, actually Jesus and, and some of them go back to Hosea fairly frequently. Like I was shocked on the amount of scriptures I've been coming across in the New Testament that go back to Hosea, and I was like, wow, okay. Um, I mean, Revelation grabs it. I mean, it's it's still very relevant to New Testament. And you might be like, well, I'm a New Testament Christian. Well, that's great and all, but they seem to go back to Hosea fairly frequently. There's our man. Oh, did I strike a nerve? Look, I love you, dear listener. And I'm glad that you're listening to a podcast that focuses on the Old Testament. There are no such thing as New Testament Christians. You cannot throw out two thirds of scripture. Okay. That's all I'll say, because I don't want to put an explicit tag on this podcast. I'm speechless. That is not the... You've been listening to our podcast long enough knowing that... (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you followed us through Deuteronomy... Yeah, you know that we're... We're a whole council kind of thing. (laughs) You just got the kind version. Um, I've been in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) It will get old someday, but right now that joke is getting mild. What's funny is this will be posted <laughs> like September or something. Well, I know. I'm just saying our schools don't plan on ending anytime soon. No, it so. really could be posted like August <laughs> if, I, if I got my numbers right. <laughs> so, all right. So with that. Um, At which point we will be lamenting the end of summer. <laughs> with no King's Island. Stop it. Sorry, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, read the next section. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to do verse... Oh, I just got caught on the cord. Um, that's all right. It's funny is when you hit the table, I heard the spring uh-huh. from the mic mount in oh. the headphones. But you just did that. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just got caught and I was like, why isn't my Bible moving? Oh, yeah. See, I've got this big thing in front of me that I haven't got used to yet. It's called a pop shield. That's what I got in front of there me. You go. Um, uh, seven through nine. Yeah. The days of punishment have come. The days of recompense have come. Israel shall know it. The prophet is a fool. The man of the spirit is mad because of your great iniquity and great hatred. The prophet is the watchman of the Ephraim of Ephraim with with my God. Yet if Fowler's snare is on all his ways and hatred in the house of the God of his God, they have deeply corrupted themselves as in the days of Gibeah. Ooh, that's harsh. He will remember their iniquity. He will punish their sins. So one little background note is that in 7, when it says Israel shall know it, uh, it's often translated as Israel shall cry out. Um, The root of knowing it is actually the same root. And this is an interesting one, is that this was often not translated from the Hebrew, but it's often translated from Greek to which this is translated from more commonly because of the loss of manuscripts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
the root of the Greek uh, seems to be the word for shout. Hmm. So it is interesting that the one time that ESV lets us down, Israel shall know it, is uh, the cries out or shouts somehow often plays into that. So it's almost like Israel shall know it on a level of pain. Okay. Wow. Or a level of anguish, I should say. But yeah, it was hard, it was hard to understand that as well as like why it was in Greek. I guess like the texts that we use, mm-hmm. that we have, that we get this from, they are in better condition. Okay. Uh, they already have been translated to Greek. Huh, very so. interesting. Okay. Um, I got where this is kind of a conversation between... Um, wait, is this the conversation between him and God? Um, no, that's later. No, no, that's later. But right here, we do have Israel that is basically slamming a prophet. Um, he's slamming Hosea. They're not liking the message that he's sharing with them. Um, so whenever you dislike a message that that someone is communicating, what is the goal is to discredit them. And so that's kind of what they're doing. They're saying, well, he's that a fool. He's mad. <laughs> right. We didn't just talk right. about that. Um so let's discredit him. Oh, he's a man with great sin. He's a hater. He's a fool. He's mad. He's so they're basically trying to discredit the prophet. And yet just because you discredit him doesn't mean that the message becomes untrue. <laughs> um, so they're not happy with this message that, that he's communicating. Um, again, Don and I were talking before the podcast of someone who has come out with a message. And so people are, are frustrated and angry about that and in trying to discredit it. Well, that doesn't necessarily make Make the message untrue and, and not biblical um, or godly. And so that's kind of what they're doing in verse 7. However, in verse 8, Hosea defends himself. Um, and he says, Sit down! The prophet <clears throat> is a watchman! <laughs> Keep going. Go for it. <laughs> uh, the prophet is a watchman of Ephraim with my God. Yet a fowler's snare is on all his ways and hatred in the house of his God. They have deeply corrupted themselves as in the days of Gibeah, or Gibeah, 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 Gibeah. Yeah, we're Gibeah. Good. yeah. He will remember their iniquity. He will punish their sins. That really was a get in the corner, kid. Yeah. Like dad talk. <laughs> so basically, he's saying, I'm, I'm basically a watchman. God's kind of put me here. Here's his message. However, he slams him really, really, really hard. Um, he says that, what was it, in verse 9? Um, they have deeply corrupted themselves as in the days of Gibeah. If you go back to Judges 19, 20, and 21, um, it is basically back in the time of, of Judges where uh, you have the God's people, the Benjamite, Benjamites, I think it is, come in. They basically rape this dude's um, concubine over and over and over again all night long. Um he then ends up chopping up his concubine and sending it to the 12, the 12 tribes of Israel and read it for yourself because this is not a nice thing to say that they are as corrupt as they were during the times of Gibeah. Yeah, I still say that we do a we do judges, but like we put the explicit tag on it. Okay, I, 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 I think that'd be great. Because that book just gets, the longer it goes, the darker it gets. <laughs> and, and the good people, you're sitting there going... They're the good people. <laughs> They're the judges. So these are the heroes. Well, actually, most of the judges outside of like, I mean, Samson's like a fool. Yeah. Um, obviously the Levite. Um, but I mean, well, okay. They, they Never all, mind. I'm taking it all back. They all had issues. I can't. Gideon was ended up not so good. Yeah. Um, hmm. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should do that. <laughs> I, if, I would love to do some something on judges, but like I said, we'd have to put the explicit tag, I think. I think that'd be fun. I'd be, <laughs> I was like, what nice Christian? They want to do what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've been saying that like we just really don't have enough rated R sermons. Um, and the thing is, is, we sometimes miss the depth of what it is that we're trying to communicate. Like when you're referring to sin, mm-hmm. we still make it sound pretty nice in comparison to like when you get into like this horror type stuff inside of Hosea, you're talking about sin against God. Like most people are like, well, I, I would never be a prostitute. Really? Well, well we are right. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of one of those things that we need more rated R sermons because in our reality to understand the horrible aspect of our sin and, and really the message of, of the gospel, it's not a PG. Well, I mean, Look, Passion of the Christ, that's a rated R movie. And and I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but that still doesn't grasp the depth of what our what's going is. on, right, right, in Scripture. So we need more rated R sermons. Yeah. Well, we could start with the podcast. Yeah. We'll have to figure that, that out, because I'd, I'd want to do that in line with something that was still accessible for people that aren't ready for that. <laughs> that's true. Well, so. once we get out of our like COVID-19 like hideout and... We're no longer in the zombie apocalypse type thing. Like maybe we can figure out how to podcast multiple things or yeah. maybe once a month do a... So anyway, sorry, we're brainstorming yeah, yeah, on here. Right. So um, if you got any ideas, great. Send us an email. We're, we're cool yeah. with that. Podcast at Outlook.com. Podcast.podbean.com. Leave a message or a comment. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, basically he's saying, oh, I'm a fool. Sit down, kid. Get in the corner. Let the adults talk. Mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. All right. He goes all Kendrick Lamar. Sit down. <laughs> I want to hear you sing it. I can't. <laughs> we, we don't have an explicit tag. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. All right. Um, 10 through 14. Uh, so, like grapes in the wilderness, I found Israel. Like the first fruit on the fig tree in its season, I saw your fathers. But they came to Baal Peor and consecrated themselves to the thing of shame and became detestable like the thing they loved. Ephraim's glory shall fly away like a bird, no birth, no pregnancy, no conception. Even if they bring up children, I will bereave them till none is left. Woe to them when I depart from them. Ephraim, as I have seen, was like a young palm planted in a meadow. But Ephraim must lead his children out to slaughter. Give them, O Lord, what will you give them? Give them a miscarrying womb and dry breasts. So this first part right there. Mm hmm. Like the the vision I had in my mind was like the first time like Jill agreed to go on a date. Like grapes in the desert. Like you don't expect the yes. <laughs> oh, Jill, Jill's my wife, by the way. You don't expect the yes, but you got the yes. It's that good. And then like the first fruit on a fig tree, to me that was like basically when I popped the question and then she said yes and she actually showed up at the wedding. Like... You I, you put in this time, you put in this work, you're ready for this marriage. If you're a farmer, you put in the time, the work, and then when the fruit blossoms on the tree, when the figs first show, there's an excitement. Like if you even have like a garden at home and you get one tomato out of that sucker, you're like, we grew a fruit. Okay, so like for me, it's like God looking at on at his his wife. It's 
you put in the work into the relationship. You love this person. You're excited to spend time with them. And then when they start the wedding procession and she actually comes through the doors and you're ready to say your vows and you're like, this is really happening. It's that excitement. I was there. It happened. Yeah. But as we see in the rest of the chapter, it's because then there's a big butt. Yeah. And it is not the big butt that's in that song, but it is a big butt. And I cannot lie. <sighs> yeah. Thankfully, in my marriage, I don't have bail worship going on. Um, but. And we'll talk about that butt. Uh, really quick. Um, well, no, we'll go, to, we'll go to the bail, unless you have something else to say about the first fruits and the grapes in the desert. No, I think you did an awesome job grapes of it. Grapes in the desert, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to go home, Jill, you like grapes in the desert. <laughs> baby, seeing you is like seeing grapes in an arid place. Yeah, just don't tell her where it came from, because unfortunately... Oh, yeah, the verses afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it even starts off good in 10, and it doesn't end well in 10. Right. True. But (laughs) they came to Baal Peor and consecrated themselves to the thing of shame and became detestable like the thing they loved. Absolutely. So we then... You know what? Temple prostitutes ruin everything. They really do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Baal Peor, um, there's a couple potential reasons on why commentators have said that they brought it up. Um, One is... uh, um, it's connected to idolatrous worship that started when they were actually in the desert. Um, or no, no, in Judges. Yeah, in Judges. However, um, there's another play. Another thing is, um, another idea is that there that was where the anointing, well, Gilgal was the site of the anointing of Saul. Um, the first king of Israel was also the place of his disobedience, and it was also the rejection of Yahweh as they, they wanted a king. Um, this commentator points more towards it is more likely that the mention of a Gogal in verse 15 is referring to Israel's lack of trust in God um, exhibited by their desire to have a king um, like all the other nations. Mm. Um, so that was where they leaned towards but offered two suggestions as to why Gogal was used or Baal Peor. Baal Peor, pure. Yes. Um, and apparently Gogal is a part of that location Hmm. so that is kind of the where this commentator was going with that um i don't know did you get anything about that specifically or no not really what's funny is my commentary was pretty sparse on details of these verses okay so yeah oh that was 15 through 17 i was just going through i was wondering i was like go go he keeps yeah so that was my mistake so we'll come back to that okay well yeah the Baal peor they're consecrating themselves to the things of shame is basically tying themselves into the fertility cults yeah sorry i got my verses mixed up and they basically became the things they consecrated themselves to um so now that I've explained 15 through 17 I'm going to read that and we'll oh, wait really wait, you uh, okay, cool. 13 um, verse 13 is very difficult to translate uh, it says uh, Ephraim as I have seen was like a young palm planted in a meadow uh, people argue over what that actually means and uh, what the actual translation is and I did not get any alternate translations with that note unfortunately however but Ephraim must lead his children out to slaughter uh it's literally translated he presented his children like 
prey, P-R-E-Y. Uh, this could refer to how Israel's sin has led to the consequences. So basically, they mortgage the future to enjoy the present. Uh, they presented their children as a offering to, you know, Satan for all intents and purposes to demons, so that they could get what they wanted now. Oh wow! So Wait. not that they not that they literally, but they basically like we don't care about what's going on in the future generations. We're doing our thing now. Hmm, that doesn't sound like our culture either. No, not at all. Where you choose to give up babies for yeah. what you want now. I am so with that, um you also we're talking lots of fertility right here. Baal is supposed to be the fertility god. Right. Um and so we're talking about who is it that represents that fertility. Um well, he is specifically talking about how um what is it? Miscarrying womb, dry breasts, etc. We we see that that fertility where you're going to continue to worship Baal. Well, let's see if um, you continue to prosper um, through the works of Baal. Uh, I guess fourteen also that whole verse right there needs to be read as a proclamation of what the realization is, and it is not an intercession. So it is not Hosea saying. Give them a miscarrying womb. It's actually him realizing the reality of what's happening and basically stating it. So don't worry, Hosea. Hosea is not interceding on behalf of God's anger for you. He's just realizing what is about to come and telling you. Like a bro. Well, that means I need to start saying he's... Wait. Start slamming him and trying to discredit his name and then it won't happen, right? Right. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. It doesn't make it untrue. <laughs> uh, so um, you, you, if you want to read 15 through end and then we can kind of go back to... Right. Sorry about the Gilgal. I was like, as I'm reading it and, and looking over my notes, I was Jose like... Jose is difficult, but we can make it difficulter. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> that's not making sense. And then I looked at my notes as like, I have gone ahead. I need to right. color code better. All right. So 15 through 17. Every evil of theirs is in Gilgal. Here's where Gilgal comes in and where my mistake came in. There I began to hate them because of the wickedness of their deeds. I will drive them out of my house. I will love them no more. All their princes are rebels. Ephraim is stricken. Their root is dried up. They shall bear no fruit. Even though they give birth, I will put their beloved children to death. My God will reject them because they have not listened to them. They shall be wanderers among the nations. Ouch. Yep. So every evil of theirs in Gilgal, according to this commentator, once again, <laughs> that has nothing to do with Baal Pior, <laughs> um, is basically talking about how um, this commentator believes, although those two earlier suggestions were there, um, one is where they believe that Gilgal was the place where their Baal cult worship started. Um, the other is the place of, of where they anointed King Saul, Saul disobeyed. Um, the commentator is going more with the idea of this is where um, Israel lack, lacked trust in God and they exhibited a desire to have a king like other nations. Man. Sounds so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot. This is where you kind of get that chiastic structure, too, because if you're looking at it, he goes back to e Ephraim is stricken. Which Ephraim, Ephraim, however you pronounce it. Um, once again, I think I kind of said it. That's a term of endearment for Israel. That's a name that is used for them. So that's what he's talking about. Um, it goes back to their root is dried up. They'll bear no fruit. Even though they give birth, I will put their beloved children to death. You're kind of going back to those 
those themes again mm-hmm. from earlier in the chapter. And and you're you're talking about when when you're talking about children and prosperity and fertility. Well, that's the future of Israel. Um, yeah, I actually just got done explaining. <clears throat> somebody was. Uh, we, we were kind of, a, a couple of us were through a Slack chat, kind of kicking mm-hmm. around the, like, if the woman uh, grabs a man by the groin and crushes him, like, she should be put to death. Oh, yeah, Deuteronomy. Right? People were like, man, that's such a harsh verse, such a harsh verse. And I was like, well, let me, uh, let me put on my nerd glasses. Um, <laughs> and that is basically saying that anything that would uh, harm the carrying on of someone's lineage was looked down upon extremely in mm-hmm. Israel. And one of the worst curses you could curse somebody w- with was to wish their family to be wiped from the face of the earth. Um, and this, once again, is God basically saying, I will wipe your lineage from mm-hmm. the face of the earth. It, so it's not an insult. It's a truth, and it's a scary truth. And, and they're, they're, they're legitimately seeing the, the future... The future of Israel is looking more dim, is more realized as, as we get further into Hosea. Um, and it all comes down to their sin and, and their worship of, ba- of Baal ultimately brings, well, it brings this more realization as, as you get into even the kids and, and their fertility and their future, mm-hmm. all is being threatened because of their sin. I feel like more and more as we go through the different chapters, it's it's very tempting <clears throat> to say like, oh, it's the same thing again. You're the whores, I will destroy you. You're the whores, I will destroy you. Like you kind of, you could kind of get that picture. But if you really look at it, each chapter is taking bits and pieces of them and like pulverizing it just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And this chapter is obviously really focusing on the lineage and stripping them out of the blessings that were given to them. Even the last verse, my God will reject them because they have not listened to Him. They will shall be wanderers among the nations. I'm going to take you out of the land of blessing that I gave you. I'm going to destroy your lineage. I'm not going to allow you to continue. And those of you that are left will basically be nomads. Mm-hmm. I'm taking your status away. I'm stamping out your uh, future, and I'm making it so that you're a bunch of nobodies. I mean, it's, it seems like every chapter we kind of dig into that another little bit more. Like it's like he's like taking a puzzle, and he's taking a piece out, and he's ripping it up. And then he's taking another piece out of the same puzzle and ripping it up over and over until, like, you know, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just an observation. Which brings us back to the same point. The realization of their future doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we laugh. <laughs> oh, that's true. Take that, Israel. Oh, wait. That wasn't very kind. Take that. Well, but the same thing it still comes down to our own sin and and the realization of that sin continued in our lives without that repentance and restoration, mm-hmm. our future looks more and more dim. Exactly. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those things that I think someone would, I was, where would I get? No, I think it was actually in their sermon and I, and I thought it was really well put where he talked about if, if only people in the world dealt with sin the same way that we're dealing with the COVID-19 or coronavirus, how much different would the perspective be on, on sin? And how much more would we be able to repent before God if we looked at the COVID-19 coronavirus in the same way that we look at sin? We're going to root it out. We're going right. to take measures. We're going to, yeah, like really focus on eradicating it and like we're going to find cures for it. Right. And all that stuff. 
And the unfortunate part is, is we just don't. And with that, it slowly kills us. Um, the more and more sin that we add and the less and less that we do about it. Well, we're, um, it's funny you should say that. The two major responses we're seeing are people that either want to hunker down or people that want their freedom back. And both of those, if we look at that as a metaphor for how we deal with sin, some people say, okay, I've sinned, but I'm going to sit here in it and hunker down in it, and I'm not going to do anything to make it go away. I'm not going to be responsible. I'm not going to fight my sin. And on the other side of the coin, you have people that are like, you know what? I realize I have sinned, but I need to go back out and continue being me. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're, they think they've already won the battle against their sin, and they're not actually turning it over and being responsible about it and turning that sin over to God and like looking for his victory in it. Mm-hmm. Well, every morning I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure I've conquered my sin. And by 701. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> realize your alarm goes off at 701. Right. Or I get, yes. <laughs> um, so with that, it's, I mean, the reality of it is, is I feel like it's a battle that I'm fighting every day, but we should see it as we want to try and resist the sin every day. Is it John Owen or John Piper? Be killing sin or sin will be killing you? I don't know. Or was it John Edwards? I'm pretty sure it was a John. You're talking about multiple times of history. I was um, going to look it up and I <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're either a Puritan. <laughs> Uh, great awakening or current. <laughs> but yeah. Oh. Yeah. So with that, um, chapter 10, um, we'll bring your new time. Testament next week. Cause, um, did you say new Testament? I did. Oh yes. What? Oh yeah. We get into revelation and we get into oh, oh, gospels. Oh, oh, oh. And I thought you were saying that I had to read the new Testament. No, next no, week. no. Like, it's only a need to bring Hosea can 10. We have a, can we have a production meeting first? <laughs> and the new Testament. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So we're going to bring the New Testament in. Um, one of the things I loved about Deuteronomy is we were in the New Testament a ton. And really, Jose is not much different. We're right. kind of bringing some New Testament in, or actually Jesus brings some Old Testament in. Por que no los dos? Two. All right. All right, guys. All right. So, yeah, we're running short on time. So until cool. uh, next time, we'll speak more Spanish. Actually.